Chapter One of Joan Thursday by Lewis Joseph Vance. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter One. She stood on the southeast corner of Broadway at Twenty Second Street, waiting for a northbound car with a vacant seat. She had been on her feet all day and was very tired, so tired that the prospect of being obliged to stand all the way uptown seemed quite intolerable. And so, though quick with impatience to get home and have it over with, she chose to wait. Up out of the south, from lower Broadway and the sweatshop, Perlues of Union Square, defiled an unending procession of surface cars, without exception dark with massed humanity pausing momentarily before the corner where the girl was waiting as if mockingly submitting themselves to the appraisal of her alert eyes one after another received the signal of the switchman beyond the northern crossing and ground sluggishly on not one but was crowded to the guards affording the girl no excuse for leaving her position she waited on her growing impatience as imperceptible as her fatigue neither of them discernible to those many transient stares which she received with a semblance of blank indifference that was in reality not devoid of consciousness youth will not be overlooked reinforced by an abounding vitality such as hers it becomes imperious this girl was as pretty as she was poor and as young judged by her appearance she might have been anywhere between sixteen and twenty years of age she was in fact something over eighteen and at heart more nearly a child than this age might be taken to imply more a child than any who knew her suspected she herself suspected it least of all she looked what she liked to believe herself a young woman of considerable experience with life simple and even cheap her garments still owned a certain distinction which she would without hesitation have termed stylish a quality of smartness which somehow contrived not incongruously to associate with inferior materials her shirt-waist was of opaque linen pleated and while not laundry fresh was still presentable her skirt fitted her hips snugly and fell in graceful lines to a point something short of her low tan shoes showing stockings of a texture at once coarse and sheer to her hat an ordinary straw simply trimmed with a band and a show of ribbon she had lent some little factitious character by deftly twisting it a trifle out of the prevailing shape over one arm she carried a coat of the same material as her skirt and in her hand a well-worn handbag of imitation leather rather too large and decorated with a monogram of two initials in german silver the initials were j t her name was joan thursby uniform with a thousand sisters of the shop counters she was yet mysteriously different men looked twice in passing after passing some turned to look again her face tinted by the glow of the western sky was by no means poor in native colour a shade thin its regular features held a promise vague fugitive and provoking her hair was a brown which hardly escaped being ruddy and her skin matched it 
lacking alike the dusky warmth of the broom and the purity of the blonde she was neither tall nor short but seemed misleadingly smaller than she was in fact thanks to the slightness of a body more stupidly nourished than undernourished or immature her eyes were brown and large and they were very beautiful indeed when divorced from the vacancy of weary thinking it was only in this look of the unthinking toiler that unconsciously she confessed her immense fatigue her features were relaxed into lines and contours of apathy she seemed neither to think nor even to be capable of much sustained thought yet she was thinking and that very intensely if unconsciously her mind was not only active but was one of considerable latent capacity something which she did not in the least suspect indeed it had never occurred to joan to debate her mental limitations her thoughts were as a rule more emotional than psychical as now when she was intensely preoccupied with pondering how she was to explain at home the loss of her position and what would be said to her and how she would feel when all had been said and what she would then do daylight was slowly fading though it was only half after six of an evening in june the sun was already invisible smudged out by a portentous bank of purplish cloud whose profile was edged with fire of gold against a sky of tarnished blue a sky that seemed dimmed with the sweat of day-long heat and toil the city air was close and moveless and the cloud bank was lifting very slowly from behind the jersey hills it might be several hours before the promised storm would break and bring relief to a parched and weary people at length despairing of her desire the girl moved out to the middle of the street and boarded the next open car of the lexington avenue line she was able to find standing-room only between two seats toward the rear where smoking was permitted she stood just inside the running-board grasping the back of the forward seat her hand rested between the shoulders of two men she was the only woman in that section behind her were ten masculine knees in a row before her five masculine heads ten men crowding the two transverse benches some smoking all stolidly absorbed in newspapers and indifferent to the intrusion of a woman none dreamed of offering the girl a seat nor did she find this anything remarkable in whom use had bred the habit of accepting without question such everyday phenomena if she was weary so were the men if she desired the consideration due her sex then must she enfranchise herself from the sexless struggle for a living wage the car swerving into twenty-third street plunged on to and turned north on lexington avenue thereafter its progress consisted of a series of frantic leaps from street corner to street corner when it was in motion there was a grateful rush of air when it paused the heat was stifling and the fumes of cigarettes pipes and cheap cigars blended to manufacture a mephitic reek a slight sweat dewed the face of the girl and her colour faded to pallor her feet and legs were aching her back ached with much lifting of boxes to and from shelves her head ached chiefly because of the inevitable malnutrition of a shop-girl's lunch 
from time to time more passengers were taken on a lesser number alighted joan found herself obliged to edge farther in between the rank of knees and the rigid back of the forward seat by the time the car crossed forty-second street she was at the inside guard-rail ten persons half of them standing were occupying a space meant for five it was then or only a trifle later that she became conscious of the knee which the man behind her was purposely pressing against her then for a minute or two she was let alone but she was sick with apprehension she stood it as long as she could then abruptly she twisted round and faced her persecutor before her eyes half blinded by rage and disgust his face swam like the mask of an incubus a blur of red flesh fixed in an insolent smirk she was dimly aware of curious glances lifting to the sound of her tremulous voice must i leave this car or will you let me alone there was the pause of an instant then she had her answer in a tone of truculent contempt ah what's the matter with you anyhow she choked stammering and looked round in despair but the man at her elbow was grinning with open amusement and another seated beside her tormentor was pretending to notice nothing his nose buried in a newspaper if you don't like the going sister why don't you get off and walk this from him who had compelled that frantic protest with a lurch the car stopped and as it did so the girl turned impulsively grasped the guard-rail swung her lithe body between it and the floor of the car and dropped to the cobbles between the tracks she staggered a foot or two away followed by an indistinguishable taunt amid derisive laughter fortunately there was no car bearing down on the southbound track to endanger her while that which she had left flung away as recovering she ran to the sidewalk she began to trudge northward the first street lamp she encountered told her she had alighted at forty-seventh street and had another mile and a half to walk but with all her weariness she no longer thought of riding it was impossible she could never escape annoyance men just wouldn't let her alone men shuddering imperceptibly her eyes hot with tears of shame and indignation she walked rapidly anxious to gain the refuge of her home to be secure for a time at least from man they called themselves men she despised them all all beasts what had she ever done it wasn't as if this was the first time they were always plaguing her hardly a day passed well anyway never a week it wasn't her fault if she was pretty she never even so much as looked at them but they kept on staring nudging she didn't believe there was a decent fellow living except of course that one he was different at least he had been somehow like a perfect gentleman he had come between her and a gang of tormentors had knocked one down and thrown the rest into confusion with a lively play of fists and then whisking joan into a convenient taxicab had taken her to the corner nearest her home never so much as asking her name or if he might call she had expected him to like in a book but he didn't nor had he 
likewise contrary to her expectations at any time thereafter been known to haunt her neighbourhood to her the affair was like a dream of chivalry she remembered him as very handsome probably far more handsome than he really was and different with grand clothes and manners the man had helped her out of the cab and lifted his hat in parting all in all vastly unlike any of the fellows whose rude attentions she somewhat loftily permitted in the streets after supper or at the home of some other girl that one remained her dream-lord of romance and in her heart of hearts she was sure that some day their paths would cross again but it had all happened so long ago that she had grown a little faint with waiting so smothering her indignation with roseate fancies she plodded her weary way to seventy-sixth street where turning eastward she presently ascended a squat brownstone stoop entered the dingy vestibule of a dingier tenement pressed the button below a mailbox labelled thursby waited till the latch clicked its spasmodic welcome and then began her weary climb to the topmost floor End of chapter 1